Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. We have a smaller panel than we are used to tonight, but no panel has ever been as special. Then I'm going to welcome in our first guest, her first time on the show, the special, special guest, Miss Marsha from the Nerd Emporium's Extravaganzas. Marsha, welcome to the show. Thank you. It is a pleasure to have you. And along with Marsha comes the Nerd Emporium herself, Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm ready to talk some Ms. Marvel. This is your first time discussing Ms. Marvel and Weirdos, correct? I think so, yes. Sounds good. So we'll we'll get both of your general reactions to the show in general. Um, a few bit of, uh, I guess, housekeeping news here on First Mightiest Weirdos. Uh, we are not going to be live next Monday because it is the 4th of July. I have to work. It's the 4th of July. We're just going to miss a week, so we will be back in two weeks from tonight to discuss episodes four and five of Miss Marvel, getting ready for the finale, and Thor Love and Thunder will have just yeah. come out as well. So this is our last episode before Thor Love and Thunder comes out. Marsha, are you excited for Thor Love and Thunder? I am. I have yeah. to assume you like his muscles, if nothing else? Um. No, I I don't think it was just the muscles. I like his long hair. Okay. I like his long hair. She's glad the long hair is back. Yes. I like and that. The eyebrows. The eyebrows look nice too. Yeah. Yeah, the eyebrows are not as blonde, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> we do a little bit of a housekeeping here. We do have Katie in the comments. Happy birthday to Miss Katie B. So it Happy is birthday, Katie. a pleasure to have Katie with us here, spending her birthday with us. Anthony says, go lightning. Well, that didn't age so well. <laughs> Let's get into he is back. It has been a little bit of time since he's been here, but he's back. <laughs> Hello, son. Hello. It is the world according to Jax. So, Jax, why don't you tell everybody where we went last Wednesday? Um, we went to a, we went to a Avalanche versus Lightning hockey game. We went to game four of the Stanley Cup final, right? Mm -hmm. And who won? The Avalanche. The Avalanche won in overtime, right? So Anthony says, go Lightning. What do we say to Anthony? Um, I don't know. Anthony's a Blues fan, so he <laughs> had a really hard time this whole playoffs. But who won the Stanley Cup? The Avalanche. The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Nice. We've been partying ever since. And by partying, that means continuing to move out of our house into our new low, our new house. So, all right, Jax. Well, first, we talked about Thor Love and Thunder. We have our tickets. We're going to go 3 o'clock on Thursday, opening day. Are you excited to see Thor Love and Thunder? Which character are you most excited to see? Why don't you talk into the mic? Thor. Thor? What about Korg, Valkyrie, Meek? Probably Korg. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Korg would, would be the answer. Okay, perfect. Do you think Thor is going to live in this film? I hope so, right? Yeah. All right. Well, now let's get into the big business of the show, Miss Marvel. We are three episodes into Miss Marvel. You haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. What do you think of the show, Miss Marvel? I like it so far. What is your favorite part of it? Uh, you really like when she extends her fist and she gets a giant fist and punches people. That's been pretty cool. Okay. What about uh, her friend Bruno? We don't talk about Bruno, or do you like Bruno? Like Bruno. Yeah, Bruno's pretty good, right? What do you think is going to be Kamala's next big thing that she does? You think she can she can grow giant? Um, 
Or do you want to see her throw light at something? Maybe she can. Maybe soon she'll be able to like, like do what she was trying to do, like make her fist super big. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe okay. She'll be able to do that. Not full. Not like full growth. Last question: Do you think we see Carol Danvers in this show? Um, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. All right. Well, that is the world according to Jax. It has been a few weeks, but it we have been happy to have him. I think the last time he was on, he was talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I don't think there's anybody involved with this show that really particularly cared for that film. Marsha, I know you didn't like it either, right? Right. Yeah, we're all on the same page when it comes to that film. It is on Disney+. Plus. If you want to check it out, it is not our cup of tea at all. Anthony says he likes the new background. Wishing Katie a happy birthday. Maya is here. Justin is here. He's watching Ragnarok. Well, thank you for tuning out of Ragnarok and into Earth's Mightiest Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Maya says two of her favorite ladies. Anthony says blonde eyebrows for life. And there we go. Anthony says there was too, too many men on the ice. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> likes Korg as well. Well, let's get into it. So, Sarah, this is your first time talking about Miss Marvel. Thank you so much to Alex Klein and the Earth or the Earth's Mightiest Weirdos and Nerd Life Network family for the generous gift that was given to me at the end of last week's episode. Um, I can't wait to be able to go out and hit the golf course with my wife and only my wife. That's going to be very exciting. <laughs> uh, Alex did a fantastic job in filling in for me last week, uh, but we are very happy to be back tonight. So, Marsha. Miss Marvel, where do you stand on this show three episodes in? Um, I'm still not much of a fan of the show. I, I think it's geared towards, still geared towards, uh, you know, adolescents and um, young adults. I don't, you know, it doesn't have the same appeal as the Avengers um she did she did like all the action though in this past episode she she liked that more especially when you combine it with bon jovi right (laughs) (laughs) so when you talk about it being geared more toward adolescence kind of a disney channel feel if you will what did you what did you think of moon knight because it was kind of the opposite end of the spectrum i wasn't much of a fan of moon knight either okay just we got to find that sweet spot we need the avengers to be involved I, 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 there were several that have come out that I did like. I really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. I liked Loki, and I'm looking forward to Loki coming back. I liked Hawkeye. I just, I just, I'm just sold on the original, you know, Avengers. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to me that they're bringing out now. Too many new ones. Too many kids, so <laughs> to speak, to take the place of the originals. Yeah. The, yeah, and that and that's fair. Uh I I I really like the character of Kate Bishop. She's kind of been my newest kind of replacement um, that I like that I like the most. Um I know you are partial to Yelena as well and and Natasha, just the character of Black Widow in general. I think right. both of you are big fans of that. So um, I do expect big things to come from her. Even, and when you talk about younger characters, like Yelena's still on the older side of, yeah. of that group. So it right. feels a little bit more adult, if you will. So, okay. Well, let's, uh, Sarah, how about you? Where do you stand on Miss Marvel currently? I, I love it. I, 
it I, I did expect it to be more Disney Channel esque. Um, so I kind of had I, I I was managing my expectations going in, but it's getting like with every episode, I keep it, it keeps surprising me how much I like it, how much I'm a fan. So um, it's it's winning me over big time. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. I expected like for lack of a better term, I mean, we brought it up in the first episode, like a Lizzie McGuire kind of feel. Like the acting, particularly from Iman Vellani, has been very impressive to me. Mm -hmm. It's it's lived up to Marvel Studios standards, and for whatever reason, I didn't think it was going to. I didn't either. Um, So that's been that's been a nice change of pace. The the character of and I'm not going to beat this into a dead horse the way because Alex and Maya and David last week covered her character so well. The character of of Nakia mm-hmm. has been a really a revelation for me in this show. Just the way she's a- attacking that role, she's actually been my favorite character in the show so far. I really like the character of Nakia, and I'm really interested as to where they go next. When it mm-hmm. comes to MCU tie-ins, this show has it at every turn. Um, yes. You've got dark drones from from Far From Home. You've got uh, all the Edith drones. You've got all this stuff from Damage Control. Carol Danvers is everywhere, and she gets a massive name drop in this particular episode that I don't even know what it means that we're going to talk about as well. But when it comes to tying it into the MCU, I'm a huge fan of that personally. Like I hope that She-Hulk is going to do a lot of that too, where you just get call-outs from i mean we know the abominations in it we know kind of what he's been up to at least popping up in shang chi so mm-hmm. we know there's going to be mcu tie-ins like moon knight had none of that as much as i love moon right. knight we don't know where it fits into the mcu mm-hmm. yep. no guessing as to where miss marvel fits into the mcu <laughs> so that that i that i like david says this show has so much more than disney channel show the shame people are so quick to put it in that box I, I, I'm I'm saying, David, that I'm not putting it in that box. I did put it in that box ahead of time because what yeah, we had seen before made it feel that way. And even after the first episode, it still had that cartoonish. I mean, you had the the other not not other personality that not to go Moon Knight, but you had the cartoon version and kind of talking. That's kind of gone away, and I would like to see that get incorporated just a little bit more. But we'll see kind of where they go. But I'm not putting it in that into that Disney Channel box anymore. But let's get into. Yeah. Talking about this third episode, um, we start going back to 1940, 1942, excuse me, and they come across looking for this bangle to get out of this dimension that they are trapped in, and they come across a blue arm. Sarah, you are the resident comic expert here, along with Alex, who joins us on this show. Check out Sarah at the Nerd Emporium on Instagram, but it's a blue arm. It has to be Cree, correct? I I would assume i think that's a safe assumption yeah and there's cree tie-ins in the comics to miss marvel as well correct yes just the the whole cosmic part of that yeah yeah so do you have any theories on this second bangle because aisha her great grandmother was saying there needs to be two bangles to get them out she was willing to give it a chance with one i'm not willing to put great grandma Aisha in the villain camp quite like I am the rest of the, the newer dimension. It's the, the clandestines. Um, but Marsha, where do you stand on this entire history lesson of the, the, the MacGuffin being a piece of jewelry? Is that a hang up for you at all? 
I don't think so. That's good. It kind of is. It kind of was for me. Like if all the powers lived within this bracelet, I wasn't really cool with that. The fact that the bracelet is basically a key to unlocking power. I'm good with it, but it was, it was the, the whole, does the bracelet have power that, that kind of bummed me out. But now, now that we're there, I'm, I'm with you. So, um, Sarah, do you have any theories on where the second bangle may be? I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm glad that the power is coming from inside of her. I don't, I don't think that she needs the second bangle. So I, I'm, I don't know. I have no idea. H- has there been any speculation about it? I have my own personal speculation jumping to the end of the episode. Her daughter, Aisha's daughter, AKA Kamala's grandmother also saw the train. I would venture to say that has to be the reason that there is a second bangle in play at that point in time. So you're saying Sana has the other one? It, what would make sense to me? That's I think that's the only way she would see the train. That's cool. Yeah. So maybe that's why she's trying to get them over there. Yeah. Because she was. I, I I love how scatterbrained her grandmother is when she calls <laughs> her to get information about Aisha, and she has no idea how to FaceTime. Yeah. And she holds the phone at her forehead. Marsha, do you know how to FaceTime? Yes, I do. Sweet, awesome. All right. Well, let's get into why is nobody asking the question of why are the clandestines been exiled in the first place? Like we just say, Hey, we were exiled. Doesn't that usually follow up with a, well, what'd you do? Like, yeah. it, like what happened here? Like it, it's kind of a weird, I, I'm not going to call it a plot hole. Cause I do expect the answer to come Yeah, but it's weird that even Kamala wouldn't ask the question. I, I think, I don't know. I think well, she, they're violent. Well, but she didn't know that. No, but I mean, He's saying, why did they get exiled? Oh, yeah. They're they maybe did. rebellious or, I mean, they're they're very. It seems like they yes. some sort of hostile takeover or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say a coup or something. Well, and usually like somebody that has been exiled that's trying to do something that they shouldn't, like, isn't so forthcoming of, hey, we were exiled. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some some evil guy took over and he banished us or whatever it's like no we did something wrong and we got exiled and we want to go back and basically take over i think it's i mean who's kamala she's 16 she's not going to question any of them kamran's hot like it's all exactly and and kamran is is still 17 like the 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 thing they've nailed about teenage life in this show is how when she gets called adorable by his mom and she kind of gets that just that love struck look in her eye and comrade <laughs> all embarrassed. Like they've nailed kind of the teenage aspect of it. And I've, uh, I've really enjoyed that. Yep. I have too. I, I really liked the, the dance sequence when she got home uh, after the party. That was cute. Oh, in the second episode. Yeah. Where yeah, like, yeah. the camera froze and all the lights and, and all that kind of stuff. All right, Marsha, I'm going to come to you. I honestly do not think the superhero name Nightlight is that bad. Do you think it's horrible? No, I don't think it's horrible. <laughs> um, it's just not great. Yeah, it's it's not a a superhero name, so to speak. Monkey level. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> If you're watching, if you're watching the boys on Amazon, like Nightlight sounds like Starlight, it sounds just like a very similar superhero that would pop up in that show. But I honestly don't hate the character Nightlight. 
Uh, but Bruno, um, she's she's entrusting Bruno with a lot of information. She asks him, hey, you're good at math. Do you have any interdimensional <laughs> time travel stuff off the top of your head, particularly that of the Nord dimension? Uh, Sarah, what do you make of her relationship with Bruno specifically? And we're going to talk about him being called Brian because I feel a personal shout out. There <laughs> um, I... I think it's, I, I like their relationship a lot. I think it's very sweet. I think the way that he treats her is very sweet also. And she she obviously thinks very highly of him. She thinks that he's very knowledgeable. I like that she makes the jump from math to like interdimensional <laughs> physics. <laughs> it's amazing. It's that's, what, that's what Spider-Man did. I mean, yeah, 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 I'm good at math, like might as and, well. Their relationship is a lot like Spider-Man and um, oh, MJ. Yeah, because MJ's kind of the brainy mm-hmm. one. Bruno's kind of the brainy one. Oh, yeah. Checkerboard. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Marsha, did you ever put anybody in the friend zone quite like Kamala's putting uh, Bruno into the friend zone here? Daryl. Who's Daryl? put Daryl into the friend zone. Who's Daryl? Daryl, that guy that tried to date you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Daryl wouldn't have even been interested to be the guy in the no, chair. No, poor Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> well, damage control shows up at the mosque. Um, and this is really where a lot of real world aspects are not, not being introduced. They've been introduced throughout this show, but there's a lot going on here. And this is where the character of Nakia really steps in and, uh, I really enjoyed she she calls herself a board member and the guy from off screen's like, hey, we're still counting the votes. And she goes, OK, well, prospective board member, <laughs> all that she needs to know from the criminal system off of law and order reruns. Marsha, you strike me as a law and order fan. Oh, definitely. Do you would you say you learned more from the criminal justice system from law and order than you have anything else in your life? Probably. <laughs> so it's working for Nakia as well. Yeah. Um and I, I do apologize. I do not know the mosque leader's name or even the title that they that they go by as the mosque leader other than the leader of the mosque. But the way he feels emboldened to kind of talk back to the agent of, hey, take off your shoes next time, um, yeah. because I think they are just sick of being profiled. And obviously, that's that's what they're going for here. And, and Nakia's. I'm excited for when Nakia comes around to what Kamala's doing because Kamala was about to tell her and then she freaked out about nightlight being on the screen and kind of talking about all of that. And and Kamala was about to tell her. So I don't know, but Sarah, where do you stand on this character of Nakia and just everything going on within the mosque and kind of the profiling aspect of everything? I think it's, I think it's great that they're um, kind of shedding some light on uh, women's roles within the religion. Um, I, I think there have been a lot of negative connotations uh, within the, uh, or not within, but just from the outside looking in. Um, And I think just seeing how normal and sweet these people are, um, I think is incredibly helpful. Um, But I love Nakia. I think she's, she's feisty and um, I think she'll, I think she's going to catch the shoe thief. I th- I'm pretty sure. Do you have any theories as to who the shoe thief is? I don't. I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> we might get some more clues. 
we need to figure out who the shoe thief is. Well, and then her brother, Kamala's brother, gets like all of his shoes stolen, not just the one <laughs> as part of his party ahead of the wedding. I thought that was uh, Sheikh Abdullah is the name. So it's Sheikh. There you go. Thank you so much, Alex. I knew you were going to be able to come through for me. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into um, talking about some of the meat and potatoes of kind of Kamala's, I guess, lack of a better term, um, motivations on what she's doing. She's talking to Sheikh Abdullah and she says, I thought it would be cool to have a superhero who actually fights for us. That's throwing shade on all the heroes that we know a little bit. Marsha, did this strike you at all? Do you find this upsetting? Do you find this pretty par for the course? Um, well, I, I don't really understand where she was going with that because we've had, we've had black widow and, um, and I don't have the answer as to where she was going either. So yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Dead fish. I totally understand that. So yeah. Sarah, thoughts there. Um, I, I think it's just a little bit of what I touched on with, you know, the, and I think Nakia mentioned it too, the good Muslim versus bad Muslim. I think um, having, having a hero that, uh, you know, kind of stands in front and is actually a good Muslim. And, and, and that's, that's a theme in Miss Marvel is what, what does it mean to be good and do good? So um, that's kind of what I took from it. Well, and Sheikh Abdullah's line is good. Isn't something you are. It's something you do when usually it's completely defined as, as the exact opposite. Like yep. it's not your actions. Like it's, it's not just your actions. It's, it's who you are that defines you as good. And he's, He's saying kind of the opposite, yeah. which is really interesting to to hear. Not that it's not that it's wrong by any stretch of the imagination. Something that you talked about with the mosque specifically, not only are they are they bringing this religion, this this way of life to the forefront for us to see those that may not be as familiar with it. They're also kind of using this platform to go at not to go at, but to expose again, a wrong choice of words, but talk about the role of women within the religion as well. There mm-hmm. not only is it an, uh, uh, bringing this to the forefront for all of us to see, but it's really doing kind of its own thing within the religion itself. I think mm-hmm. that, that that's really interesting. And Sheikh Abdullah seems to be a good uh, kind of leader to be able to to go the right way. The fact that Nakia was put on the board is really interesting. I'm kind of excited to see yeah. where they go where they go with all that. But I, I really found his his definition of good is something you do was was interesting. Do you think he's onto her at all? I, I absolutely. I told, I told Marsha, uh, it, it feels like daredevil. It feels like Matt Murdoch talking to his priest. Um, it's got like, I think the priest was onto him a lot, a lot earlier than we thought, but, um, I, you know, it's being good and doing good is a choice. Um, it's one of the things that I love about Natasha when she chose to be good. Um, and I think that's the point they're driving home here. Anyone can choose to be good, to do good. I, uh, I, I'm with you. He kind of had that smirk on his face. Like, I yeah. think, I think he's onto her. Yeah. And I think he, I think he knows something, especially with the amount of questions and the level of, of concern that she has. So yeah. we do see her open this mask. When do you think we're, I mean, is it going to be stick with the Disney plus episode 
you get the costume reveal in the sixth episode and that's just when we see the mask make its debut or do you think it's coming sooner? Do you think the mask makes its debut before the rest of the costume? I I don't know. I think we might get the name first. I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Because we haven't heard her uh, come into the Ms. Marvel um, nomenclature yet. So I am i don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited to be along for the ride. Well, it's gone. It's gone off of, of the source material quite a bit. Yeah. already. So like really not that you can use the source material to make predictions about everything anyway, but especially with this show, the fact that she's not an inhuman for one, like, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of out of its out of its. There was no Cherigen bomb, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of yeah. off the source material anyway. So, who do you think coins the term? I kind of expected, um, uh, I, what was uh, Zoe? Like, I'm kind of expecting Zoe to be the one to do it with her million Instagram followers of of she was dressed like Captain Marvel, therefore she becomes Miss Marvel. Do you think that it's that simple, or do you think it's a Nick Fury level name drop that we're gonna get? Ah, that's a good question. I thought I thought maybe we would get um, Captain Marvel or, or Monica. Monica would make a lot of sense to tie us into Captain Marvel too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I expect the name to come from Carol, or it because I mean, Nightlight seems to be kind of around to stay. So yeah. until somebody says otherwise. I would expect like, but I don't think that mask is going to really hide her appearance for too long. So I don't know if she's going to yeah. be a Parker type character. That's going to be hidden in the shadows. Yeah. Forever. Kamala's dad. He loves him. A good hostess. Marsha. Do you love uh, that? What is the word that he uses? I can't even remember the, Oh crap. Hosting? No, he talks about, uh, how fake the hostess cake is basically. I oh, syntheticness. Syntheticness. That's the word he uses. The yes. syntheticness. Marsha, do you love a good hostess cake? Used to. Okay. You she have, likes to be able to find Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love a good Twinkie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Ding dongs were good. There you go. Take that. The cupcakes do with a little swirly. Uh, thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the ding-dongs were just a little round, you know, like this. So, Marsha, I would say, since you're not a huge fan of this show, I want to ask, and I think your answer is going to lead us into our next topic, who seems to be your overall favorite character that you enjoy when they're on the screen the most? Is there one? Um, her mom. Yeah, her mom is pretty funny. Her mom um, mom. She she's pretty funny. I think for his uh, intelligence, I think Bruno probably. Um, yeah, he's. A I would I would lean player. towards Bruno. Okay, so that I I expected the answer to be either Bruno or Kamala's dad, which kind of leads us into that interaction that they have at the at the uh, the convenience store where Bruno works. Um, but he's doing. I mean, Bruno Kamala's dad's just kind of. Interesting. You're you're reading about the gin. Like he <laughs> not know anything. Like it seems like he doesn't know much of anything. I think Kamala's dad. I just love how genuine he comes across, especially the conversation that he has with his son when he talks about how he has seven hundred and thirty eight dollars and forty nine. And that's more money than I had when I got married. So like he's he's doing okay. But I just I just love how 
Kamala's dad is just always trying to help and he can't even connect the dots because, oh, my, my daughter like has all these questions about this bracelet. And then all of a sudden, like he's researching. Gym. Okay. Like, and then he just reads it for him. Like, I just, I just think it's, I just think it's funny. Um, I think I the also, mom knows, I think the mom knows more about that bracelet than she's letting on. Yeah. Cause when it showed up in the mail, she, she had this look in her face, like, like something's going on. And yeah. I mean, especially if her mother has bracelet number two, then all the more sense that I would think, I wonder if her mom's ever put the bracelet on. I wonder if her mom also has that same connection and has just decided to leave that in her past. I do expect that we're going to get that answered. Do you think she separated them on purpose then? If you need two of them, do you think she sent that one away on purpose? I think Aisha sent them away on, I think Aisha kept them apart. Like, yeah, okay. uh, there's way more to the story of Aisha saying we'll try it with one because yeah. she's been told she needs two, but we're going to try it with one anyway. It feels like she was trying to get them separated on purpose and everything went exactly how it was supposed to. Sarah, do you think we're going to Pakistan in the very next episode? Yeah. I, mom? I do think so. I think we're going to see Karachi. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess it would be the next episode. Um, yeah, I, and I, I'm, I'm excited. They could spend the next episode kind of her basically having uh, a meeting with her mom to kind of say, come clean for lack of a better term. And then go to Pakistan in the next episode. But you said Karachi, is that, is that something from the, from the comics or is that just a town that I'm. Yeah, no Karachi. So Karachi was on the train that, that she, it was a, the word on the train that they, that her and her grandma both saw. Uh, But it's also in the comics, it's where her family is from. I think her brother was even born there. Um, And so it might just be like a a going back home type thing to put all the pieces together. Aisha's still alive, right? Uh, I don't know. They kind of make you think that, right? I think, I think she's still alive. Yeah hiding out for lack of a better term it's possible yeah and maybe i mean maybe can't find her yeah and i think the clandestines finally stopped looking for her because she's probably hidden so well i'm leaning toward the fact that she's probably still alive they don't seem like they're exactly easy to kill um because i don't think Kamran's dead either even though they kind of want you to i mean i don't think they even really want you to think that he's just knocked out but yeah um well, let's let's get into this conversation, um, and this is where I actually want to spend a, a little bit of extra time. Bruno's talking to Kamala about just everything going on, and his exact quote is, Carol Danvers would be reckless. Maybe it's not such a bad thing that you're not her. Sarah, what's the basis for this comment? She's, she's a little bit of a hothead um, in the comics, so right. I, I don't know... Yeah, because we we know that Monica is mad at her for some reason, right? So I I'm wondering what she did um, that has people kind of uh, I don't know if Bruno's ticked off at her when he says that. I don't know what the connotation is, but I want to know what she did. <laughs> like, it's not like the general public thinks she did something wrong when it comes to the Endgame battle, because in sloth baby productions in the first episode, she talks about how Carol Danvers comes in, saves the day, takes down sanctuary Two. She does all of that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. not like there's a negative connotation to what she did during the end game battle. So there's clearly, maybe there's just simple resentment for her 
not coming back. Like that's where I think Monica yeah. coming from is it's just Carol was gone her and Maria got sick and, and all these things happened and Carol was nowhere to be found. That's where I assume the resentment's coming from Monica's standpoint. But for Bruno to say something for a superhero that as far as we know, hasn't really been around. So then to, I mean, there's done, she's done two things on earth, both of which have saved everything yep. and being reckless was neither of those things. I just, I found that to be a very interesting line. Yeah, I did too. And in the comics, she, she's, she is a hothead. She is a little bit reckless. She, she acts before she thinks she's kind of like Tony. She, the, the whole, um, what is it? Uh, ready, shoot, aim or whatever Obadiah Stane tells him. Um, it's kind of, kind of like that. So I don't know if that's what he was referring to or. It was interesting. Marsha, do you think that Carol Danvers is reckless? She never appeared to be so to me. I mean, I'm thinking of. In the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, of course, I'm not a comic book reader. Like Sarah's always, she fills me in, you know. <laughs> and, um, but the movies I've seen, I can't imagine her being reckless. Yeah. Yeah. Air Force. I, the only thing I could think that would justify the line, except for using the comics as inspiration, which obviously could be the biggest way they wrote this line. Unless something happens in Captain Marvel 2 where we're actually jumping back in time a little bit to explore post-Endgame Carol Danvers and her doing something wrong, feeling like she needs to leave. I really don't know what would inspire this line other than Carol being a hothead in the comic books like you talked about. But right. I, that really stood out to me from an MCU standpoint. They don't, quote-unquote, make these mistakes. Like yeah. It feels like it's leading somewhere. And I'm wondering what, uh, what Bruno's leaning to. I, I just... I just don't know. It really stood out to me, though, especially on the second and third rewatch of what's he what's his end game here? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Ended, but um, I has all, I have also decided that Bruno is just Neil Patrick Harris Jr. Jr. <laughs> he is. Oh, my gosh. Maybe, oh, maybe, yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe it's just the suit, like looking like Barney Stinson <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother. But still, um, we do get a little bit more intention or a little more lead into Comron's intentions saying, Hey, just focus on the wedding. Like Comron's clearly not in the hurry that the rest of the clandestines are. Yeah. We know Alex told us last week that Comron is a, is an enemy within the comic universe. Do you think Comron is going to be an ally for the rest of the series? Where do you think Comron ends up? It, it, to me, it feels like Kamran's mom is taking that place of the villain um, with the villain turn. She I, not, she she's not involved in in the comics. I actually don't know that. Um, so, but but from from what we've seen, it, that's what it feels like to me. Um, because he does seem genuine. Um, like I know we're going to talk about it, but he keeps calling. Bruno Brian, I think he genuinely likes Kamala, and so I think he was trying to protect her. So well, that's the, he stood between he stood between those very strong people, yes. including his mother right. and, and Kamala. Like it'd be a heck of a of a ruse to put on to then flip the script later on. Yep, because like if it would be uh, now's not the time. Like I would be leaning toward Kamran's eventually gonna gonna do her dirty but it doesn't really feel like that's the case so it does feel like Kamran's gonna be 
around to stay for maybe as part of the team. I really, I really don't, don't know what to expect, but I do like his character, him showing up at the wedding in a black hoodie may have been a, a bit of a suspect <laughs> choice, but yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but this wedding sure seemed like it would be the wedding of my lifetime. I don't think I would ever have as much fun at any wedding as I would at that wedding. Marsha, have you ever been to a wedding that seemed like it was that much of a party? Yeah, I think so. My sister. You were not at my wedding then. (laughs) It was not that kind of party. Oh, okay. My my sister's wedding was really, really fun. Marsha was getting down on the dance floor at my sister's wedding. Nice. It was Macarena? Yeah. Yeah. Gloria Gaynor. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But Sarah, in the world of, of cultural representation, all that they're accomplishing within this show, what just from this wedding scene, because in the grand scheme of anything as it relates to this story, I don't think anything happened at during these five, six minutes dancing and everything else that is going to have any impact on the story. Yet, I do think that these five or six minutes were extremely important. What in this wedding scene stood out to you? <sighs> I think the the head touch, just explaining culturally what that means. Um, Bruno's being willing to like learn everything he possibly can, <laughs> kind of like the rest of the audience, which really helps. Yes. Yep. Um, th- I think that the effort put in by Bruno, and then the surprise when um, Amir, ter- it turns out that Amir has also learned the the dance for Taisha. Um, and surprised her that way. Um, I think it's just, it does such a good job of just shedding some light on um, customs that we don't really know a whole lot about. And they've spent almost no time with it, yet they have been able to tell a story around Taisha's character, specifically that she's a convert to this religion, that her parents are not converts to this religion. They still support their daughter. They sit with her up on the altar they even participate in the dance later in the in the wedding. Yeah. They're doing what they can, even though they're not converts to religion, which is also um, just there's lessons within that as well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been it's been really really neat to to just see the eye opening that's happening for people around stuff like this. Um, yeah. And it, I've I've really enjoyed a lot of it uh, when Kamala pulls the alarm and her brother's holding. <laughs> Let me grab the money. Like he runs back <laughs> to the stage, grabs the money, and then runs away. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. Sarah, you brought it up. Why does Kamran keep calling Bruno Brian? I just assume it's because he's a massive Earth Mightiest Weirdos fan. And <laughs> that's just what it is. But why do you think he can't get the name right? Does he just not care? Is that really all that? Are, is, are they trying to hint to us maybe his intentions aren't so pure because of this? I think I think it's a little bit of alpha male, maybe a little bit. Um, he wants. You think he's doing it on purpose? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, so. Maybe it's just I've never been an alpha male. Maybe that's why I can't. Read. <laughs> maybe that's why I just can't read what he's doing. But Marsha, where do you stand on Comron? Other than the fact that he's pretty hot. Um. Well, it'll be interesting to see. If- I really don't. I mean, it's not. We haven't, we haven't named him yet. Jello. No. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, but she's she's clearly, and and I mean, they showed that in the last episode where she's getting use of her power. She's getting used to using her powers. She was able to use them to protect herself pretty well. 
again, when I think she got hit in the chest, I don't think she had anything to do with that. Yeah. I think that uh -huh. it did it on its own, which is obviously going to be very valuable um, later on. I, I will say real quick, I did love that she, she, um, embiggen punched that guy across the room and then did, I think Jax was talking about this, but when she used her fists to kind of do like a whirly, I don't know what the word is for that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It was, it was so fast. I wasn't even sure that's what happened, but you're okay. Now that you're saying it, it tells me that my, uh, my eyes did not deceive me. Yes. I, I, I hope we get a full one before the season ends. So where we currently stand, we talked about the train a little bit uh, ago. Do you have any theories on this train? I think the reason the grandmother also saw it is because she has bracelet number two. Bang or I, I just, I, the word bangle, I just, just doesn't work for me. Um, <laughs> Bengal number two is in Pakistan with Aisha's daughter, AKA Kamala's grandmother. That's why I think she saw the train. So I think they're going to be able to put both of these together. And hopefully whenever they open a, a door to the Noor dimension, that things don't go boom. I would assume that that's not going to happen. Um, but do you have any other theories? What's going on with this train, where we're headed next? Any ideas there? I think I think the bangle should be called a cuff. It looks more like a cuff. Yeah, good. I'm good with. I like cuff. If they're not gonna yeah. be the rings, then the cuff. I'm good with that. Fisticuffs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I just I think they're gonna go back home. Although she does have to convince her mom to take her, so they're they're gonna have a little come to Jesus moment. I think that's this episode. I don't think they get back there until the fifth episode. I think. Okay. I think. I think this next episode is gonna be a lot slower paced. And kind of her mom and her, like you said, having that come to Jesus kind of mm -hmm. just, just going from there. Obviously, things are going to happen, too. Like, the story's going to evolve because we're going to at least get more. I, I mean, will the clandestines be up front with damage control? Probably not, which will be interesting. Oh, yeah. Damage control doesn't really know what they're doing, though. No, they don't. I like that they brought that guy back, though. The one from Succession? Yes, yeah. yes. The guy from No Way Home. He's yes. a doofus. He is a doofus. All right. Um, I I really don't know where we're headed. Um, I I like this show though. Like I'm I'm yeah. I'm happy with with how it's progressed. It seems at this point that the pacing is right on where it needs to be, which isn't always the case with MCU on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, I think Hawkeye is the show that has done it best since Wandavision. So, um. I, I really don't know. The fourth episode of Moon Knight was, was I, again, people remember Moon Knight being a massive fourth episode because that's where he died and woke up in the, yep. uh, in the insane, in the asylum, like all that kind of stuff, but nothing else really happened in that episode. So uh, we did get one question before we came on air. Um, what is the difference between the multiverse and a dimension? Now, Alex Klein um, put this in a good way, but Sarah, do you have a way of answering that question before I kind of read what Alex had said? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Alex is much more eloquent. Basically, the way Alex put it, and it's the best way for me to understand it, and I'm going to see if I can find it because I just want to read Alex's words directly. Okay, you're looking down a hallway, and there are a bunch of doors. As you walk down that hallway... That is you moving forward on a timeline. You can open these doors and these doors are to other dimensions. 
Now imagine an identical version of you doing that exact same thing in a different hallway. That is the multiverse. So is a, a dimension is a doorway in a hallway, which is that timeline. The multiverse is a completely different hallway with its own doors. That's okay. the best way that we can describe it. This is where I get concerned with where phase four, phase five, phase six is headed. That could leave the general fan yeah. out like, because they don't know what what's real. What's not, what's a multiverse. What's not. That's how you bring dead people back. Like I, again, if Tony Stark ever comes back into the MCU, I'm going to be super bummed. Yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen, but like, I want his sacrifice to count yes. and to remain that way. But if we're going to start talking dimensions, we saw Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Say what you will about the film. He now has three eyes for some reason. And <laughs> Clea, Clea is out there doing her own thing. She's from the dark dimension. She's like, there's all there's dimensions. So these are the rooms within that one hallway. And then there's multiple hallways. I like to and picture this happening at the Stanley hotel from the shining um, <laughs> where there's just, so you can go in these doors, go into these dimensions, but it all happens in one universe. Then there's multiple levels with different hallways. It's going to get really confusing. What I can promise you here on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is we're going to be able to keep it straight and we will explain it to you as the best that we possibly can. Sometimes it involves Stephen King references in The Shining and the Stanley Hotel and doorways <laughs> and hallways. We will do our absolute best to be able to keep that straight. But that is the answer to the question that was asked before we came on air. Marsha, any last thoughts on Miss Marvel? Um. Well, just to put a little bit of, um, put it in a little bit of a um, category there, but growing up, you, of course, you don't remember it, but when I was a little girl, probably, I don't know, the Adam West Batman series, you know, it was, it was real Adam West and Robin and it, they were real characters, Julie Newmar. And, um, but they would put those little, cartoon you know they would splash the little yeah. cartoon things on the screen pow yeah. and that just it just kind of i'm just thinking that's probably where they're getting this from yeah and because that appealed to kids it appealed to me still kind of does I totally <laughs> understand that. yeah you're you're right though the sloth baby productions and kind of yeah the pow and the bam and mm -hmm. really, really comic book accurate stuff I love the Adam West Batmans, and I always yeah. will love the Adam West Batman. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely good with that. Sarah, any final thoughts on Miss Marvel, where we're headed, or any final excitement for Thor Love and Thunder that we need to keep our eyes on? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for that movie. Um, I, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing how this ties into Captain Marvel 2. Um, I'm knowing that Iman Vellani is going to be in Captain Marvel 2. Um, I just, I think there is a lot of potential for these next three episodes and I'm, I'm just so excited. Well, and that's, and, and we talked about this earlier as well, when they talked about how Iman Vellani was going to debut here and then move to the big screen, I really, I, I shortchanged her and I feel really bad about it, but everything we saw from her, from her, her zooms with Kevin Feige and stuff like that, I just wasn't sure how it was going to translate to the screen. And this girl is a natural actress. Yep. Like she's very believable. I'm not worried about her jumping to the big screen anymore. And I'm very excited to see it. Yep. One more question, Marsha. Do you think that 
either Monica Rambo or Carol Danvers will make an appearance in this show, if it nothing else, in a post-credit scene for episode six. Well, that's a good question. I would think they would try to tie Carol Danvers into it. Um, yeah. To kind of bring it together, you know. They're teasing it a lot. And if they're throwing shade at Carol, if Bruno's at least throwing shade at Carol, is it going to have a level of don't meet your hero heroes aspect to it? I hope not. I really don't know. I I I don't know how you put Iman Vellani into the Marvels without something in a post credit scene. I don't know. Like Brie Larson to be the big one. That's getting Carol yes. Danvers. But I think of of really. Monica seeing the value of Kamala and then bringing Kamala to Carol would also be really interesting. Um, but it, as far as we've been led to believe Kamala or excuse me, Monica is in space. She was yeah. being summoned at the end of WandaVision and she's up with sword in space. So we really don't know who is up to anything. <laughs> if I had to put money on one of the two showing up, I would put a lot of money on one of the two showing up at the very latest in a post credit scene for the final episode. Um, but if I had to pick one, I think it would be Monica personally, but either one, I'd be, I'd be excited to see either one of them. And the connection could simply be sword or damage control, but I do think we're going to get some familiar face. At least I hope so. I think so. Well, that is it for earth's mightiest weirdos. Again, we will not be here next Monday. I hope everybody has a happy 4th of July and we will be back on July 11th at 8.30 Eastern. Marsha, thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And Sarah, thank you so much as well. Until yes. next time, everybody, for the children. Happy for it. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is brought to you by Pinch of Pity Dust Travel. People who love travel understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time. <laughs>